You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. Psalm 104, page 528 uh, in our Pew Bibles. My soul, bless the Lord. Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with majesty and splendor. He wraps himself in light as if it were a robe, spreading out the sky like a canopy, laying the beams of his palace on the waters above, making the clouds his chariot, walking on the wings of the wind, and making the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He established the earth on its foundations. It will never be shaken. You covered it with the deep, as if it were a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the place you established for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross, and they will never cover the earth again. He causes the springs to gush into the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They supply water for every wild beast. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside the springs. They make their voices heard among the foliage. He waters the mountains from his palace. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of your labor. He causes grass to grow for the livestock and provides crops for man to cultivate, producing food from the earth, wine that makes human hearts glad, making his face shine with oil and bread that sustains human hearts. The trees of the Lord flourish the cedars of Lebanon that he planted, there the birds make their nests. Storks make their homes in the pine trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The cliffs are refuge for the hyraxes. He made the moon to mark the festivals. The sun knows when to set. You bring darkness and it becomes night when all the forest animals stir. The young lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises, they go back and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until evening. How countless are your works, Lord. In wisdom you've made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, vast and wide, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships move about, and Leathan, which you formed to play there. All of them wait for you, to give them their food at the right time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your breath, they are created, and you renew the surface of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they pour out smoke. 
I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God while I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. May sinners vanish from the earth and wicked people be no more. My soul bless the Lord. Alleluia. The second reading, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 14, on page 1097. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. To be with you. I often get lost uh, when I'm driving, and I did this morning, and I've seen back streets of Avondale Heights, which people haven't visited for years, I think. Anyway, I finally got here, so um, praise God that he cares for the foolhardy and the stupid, even when they drive. Uh, I'm here for four weeks. Uh, Last week, we looked at the first bit of the Lord's Prayer, Uh, And I challenged you to pray not just big prayers, but immense prayers that God would achieve his great purpose in the universe and in this world and in human hearts everywhere, that his name would be made holy, that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done through the Lord Jesus Christ and through people coming to know the Lord Jesus all around our world until Jesus returns. That's a massive prayer to pray and when we pray the Lord's Prayer, that is the first prayer that we pray. It's God's top priority. But we move to the next prayer, which is, in a way, the smallest prayer you could pray. It is, give us today our daily bread. That is, keep us alive today. Give us what we need today. And you might remember that the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer we should pray, but a prayer which should shape our prayers. So let me ask you if you've ever prayed to God, 
give us today our daily bread, except when you've prayed the Lord's Prayer. Is that a prayer you've ever prayed, except when you pray the Lord's Prayer? The answer for some of you will be yes. I've been in such difficult situation and circumstances that I have prayed for my daily food, my daily needs, for God to meet my daily needs. And indeed, there are many people around the world today who might well pray, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, apparently, nine million people die each year in our world through not having enough food to eat. And, of course, millions more are malnourished because they don't have enough food to eat. So you might think this is an unnecessary prayer, but for the disciples in Jesus' day, it was a necessary prayer. They'd left their jobs. They had no secure income. They were dependent on the generosity of other people and, more particularly, on God's kindness. They knew what it was to pray, give us today our daily bread. And, though it seems a bizarre thing to say, people who've learned to pray that prayer because they've had to pray it, they've learned something really important. Those of us who've never had to pray, give us this daily bread, we take it for granted. Which is to say, we take God for granted because we take God's gifts for granted. Oh, I know we'll say thank you to God for our daily food, but that's not quite the same as saying, give us, give us today our daily bread. Why should we pray this prayer? Well, the answer is that everything that keeps you alive moment by moment is a gift of your loving Heavenly Father. Hands up those who are still breathing. This is really encouraging. I'm pleased to see that. <laughs> if you hadn't put your hand up, I would have called for some person to come and do something. Though we're not allowed to do mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation nowadays, are we? We'll blow in your ears or something like that. Okay. <laughs> But the functioning of your lungs only happens by God's provision and care. And the air that you are breathing is a personal gift of a loving Heavenly Father. Hands up those whose, lung, whose hearts are still beating. This is, re again, really encouraging. This is really good. Who keeps your heart beating? 
The answer is, God does. For nothing happens in this universe without God making it happen. That's who God is. I was preaching a few years ago and I said I might be dead by lunchtime and somebody laughed, which I thought was <laughs> not a very sympathetic response. Perhaps a tear would have been more appropriate. But it's true. And as a matter of fact, if God stopped paying attention to his universe for a nanosecond, it would disappear. We take the universe for granted, don't we? We take God's gift of life for granted. But we are only sustained moment by moment by God's direct personal care of us. All creatures look to you, we heard in Psalm 104, to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, when you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they're satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. What difference does it make to live knowing this great truth about God? Well, it increases our dependence on God, doesn't it? The days we forget to pray give us your daily bread, we're taking life itself for granted. So, we forget that we're dependent on God. And someone who forgets that they're dependent on God is living a deluded and foolish life. Because everything we have comes from God. Not just God's spiritual gifts, but the gifts of creation, the, the gift of life itself. And if we forget that we should be looking to God for our daily bread, that is what we need to stay alive, then we won't be full of thanksgiving to God, will we? Has God given me anything today? The answer is God has given you everything today. The air to breathe. God's kept your brain functioning, your body functioning, your digestion working. God's given you sunlight. God's kept you alive. Wow, if we knew this every day, we'd be full of thanksgiving, wouldn't we? To God. Overwhelmed with his direct personal gifts to us. And if we were more aware of our dependence on God 
And if we were more full of thanksgiving, then we'd be more full of praise, wouldn't we? Lifting our eyes in adoration to God because he surrounds us with his kindness every moment. I was walking, went out for a walk this morning to pray and I heard a snuffling sound behind me. I thought to myself, that sounds like a walrus, but in fact it wasn't. It was a very small dog. Uh, one of those ones with not much nose and it was snuffling along. So it was just lovely to, I forget his name, but anyway, we had a little meaningful session of, uh, I patted his neck and he sniffed at my fingers and so on. Uh, whose dog was it, the answer? God's dog. And who keeps this little dog alive? The answer is God does. And you see, these gifts are triply precious. They're precious in themselves. Air is a precious gift. Food is a precious gift. Water is a precious gift. But it's more precious because it's a gift of God. It comes from someone. It doesn't just happen automatically. And it's even more precious because God is present in his gifts. He's not a remote giver who says, uh, well, clouds over there, pour water on Australia. No, no, he's intimately involved in every gift. That's, what, that's why we use language like the hand of the Lord brought salvation or the arm of the Lord did this or God looked down and gave, provided food. All creatures look to you, you give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they're satisfied with every good thing. So whose hand put bread on your table? Answer God. And we learn in the Sermon on the Mount in which the Lord's prayer is placed that we have a generous Father. But Jesus encourages us to be like children of our Father in heaven because he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? The pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Not only does God provide food, 
He also teaches human beings how to make use of food. Listen to these wonderful words from Isaiah 28. When a farmer plows for planting, does he plow continually? Does he keep on breaking up and working the soil? When he's leveled the surface, does he not sow caraway and scatter cumin? Does he not plant wheat in its place, barley in its plot, and spelt in its field? His God instructs him and teaches him the right way. Caraway is not threshed with a sledge. If you have some caraway in your garden, don't thresh it with a sledge, if you were thinking of doing that. Nor is the wheel of a cart rolled over cumin. Caraway is beaten with a rod and cumin with a stick. Grain must be ground to make bread. One does not go on threshing it forever. The wheels of a threshing cart may be rolled over it, but one does not use horses to grind grain. All this comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. So God not only provides, if you like, the raw material, but he's the one who has taught human beings how to cultivate, plant food and uh, uh, plant seeds and grow food and how to treat it so that we can eat it. So it's not just that God has provided the raw material for our food, he's given us the wisdom to know how to prepare it. Now, I once uh, made a pavlova. Uh, I was living in England at the time and I had friends coming for dinner and I thought, well, I must give them a vintage Australian dish. My mother was a very good pavlova maker, it looked so easy. And um, the recipe said a dash of vinegar, and the only vinegar I could find was garlic vinegar. <laughs> I thought this won't do much harm. <laughs> well, the pavlova was mildly successful, but the aftertaste for every mouthful was pure garlic. <laughs> so there are some times when we need a little human advice on these matters and need to learn from our mistakes. But it's not just that our Heavenly Father provides our daily food and sustains this universe. We learn in Colossians chapter 1 that in Christ all things were created, visible and invisible. All things have been created through Christ and for Him. He is before all things and in Him, that is in Christ, all things hold together. Isn't that fascinating? So who, who holds the universe together so that it doesn't fly apart or collapse into dust? The answer is the Lord Jesus does by his power. So the daily gifts of God are loving personal gifts from our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ.
But here in Australia, what God graciously provides, we throw out. Uh, I don't know what this means, but the figure is 7.3 tonnes of bread, of food, is wasted in Australia every year. Thrown out because it's not up to standard or people have bought too much or cooked too much and then throw it out. Or people serve themselves immense <laughs> plates of food and then can't finish it, so it's thrown out. So that, that's a bit bizarre, isn't it, when our daily food is a loving gift of a heavenly Father then to throw it out. And while wealthy people throw out food, people in famine, in the midst of famine or drought or civil war, of course, lack food. And we need to learn to share. When God sent manna from heaven, for his people in the desert. We read that those who gathered much didn't have too much, and those who gathered little did not have too little. There was a kind of equality about it. And Paul uses this in 2 Corinthians 8 to argue that wealthy people should share what they have. There is a, enough food in the world to feed everyone, but some people have too much and some people have too little. I remember, uh, I think it was about 20 years ago, there was a saying around uh, uh, among my friends which uh, I noted with great interest. It, it was, well, this is not a luxury, this is a necessity. This is a necessity now. So something they'd been brought up to think of as a luxury was now a necessity. And you do see that in Australian society, don't you? What used to be a luxury is now an absolute, you can't do without it. It's a right. Because our standard of living goes up. If we're wealthy, I mean wealthy by world standards, and we're all wealthy by world standards, aren't we? Uh, but our greed... And our need means that some people get left behind in Australia and around the world. That's not a good way to deal with God's gifts, is it? I love the story of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, who worked out when he was a young man how much money he needed each year to live on the basic necessities and he decided he would live on that for the rest of his life and give any other money he received, would give it away. It's a brave way to live, isn't it? Give us today our daily bread. 
Don't give us more than we need, but please give us what we need. And there's a remarkable prayer in Proverbs chapter 30, which I'd like to read to you. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Isn't that fascinating? Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? I don't need God. Or I may become poor and steal and dishonor the name of my God. Or, of course, this is my addition, I might become poor and not steal, but I might die. Here's the prayer again. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. That's the great danger of wealth, isn't it? That we think we don't need God. I don't need to pray, give us today our daily bread. My cupboard is full but we should also be aware of those who do pray give us this day our daily bread because they live in poverty it's bad to have too much bad to have too little. And this prayer is not just a prayer for myself, is it? It's give us today our daily bread. And the us includes all the Christians around the world today those living in luxury and those living in great poverty and famine. Give us today our daily bread. Heavenly Father, give us today our daily bread. Blessed Lord Jesus, give us today our daily bread. Gracious God, 
give us today our daily bread. Amen. Who makes the sun to rise and bring the earth new life in every beam? Jesus, it is you. Who turns the day to night and watches me as I begin to dream? Jesus, it is you. Who brings me food for my table? Who cares for all of my needs? Who walks the road with me, has made me grow through all that I have been? Jesus, it is you. Jesus, it is you. So I lift my hands and I'll bring my song. All of my days, all of my rights, all of my wrongs, I offer my love.
You're the one thing true, Jesus.